This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to this month's special uh, and this month's special guest is Anthony Quinn, who is the head groundsman at Ploughlang. Welcome to the podcast, Anthony. How are you today? Uh, good, man. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. Uh, ha- happy St. Patrick's Day as well. We are <laughs> recording on St. Patrick's Day. So. <laughs> I'm quite disappointed, quite disappointed you got water in the uh, bottle that you're drinking and not a Guinness. On the <laughs> no, I'm not a can of Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's because one of one of my good friends, one of my best friends, Gary Saxby, he's a, a big Irishman. So I was wishing oh, him very good. Wishing yeah. him ha- happy St. Paddy's Day today as well. So shame, ah, all, brilliant, the, brilliant. shame all the uh, pubs and everything are closed. So I know it would have been nice uh, to get out for a pint or two uh, today. <laughs> Look, it is what it is, you know. No, I I used to drink in uh, O'Neill's in Wimbledon quite a lot. You know the big. Oh, I know it. Yeah, yeah, I know Irishman. what that is. Yeah, I was, I was a regular. Big regular to I moved away. So, so well, thanks very much for joining me tonight. Uh, just going to go through a few things regarding the pitch and, and plough lane. So, first off, there's a, be a lot of women fans who don't know you personally. So, if you could give us a little bit about yourself, how you got into being a grounds person or groundsman. Yeah. And, yeah, a little bit about yourself, please, Anthony, if that's um, okay. Yeah, no bother. So, um, so, I suppose I got into it when I was really young. Um, I suppose I got into really looking after grounds was when I used to work with my uncle and um, work with my uncles ago because they'd have a lot of horses back home in Ireland. Um, so horses for show jumping and stuff like that. Um, and I would have helped them a good bit in in the fields and stuff like that. So reseeding, rolling and, and, and making hay and stuff like that. So just basically ground care basically started from that from a young age. Um, so I got involved in that, helping them out every weekend I could. Um, I suppose it's it's from a really young age you get you know you get used to and stuff like that and you're brought up around it. Um, so with show jumping horses, they like everything has to be perfect. Mm. So the sand and and even the texture of the sand and and the drainage and and just keeping it fluffed up constantly, keeping the fields looking nicely, number one, but also making sure that they're soft enough for the horses and um, there's enough grass cover on it. That would have started when I was like from six or seven eight maybe and then as I got older I got into it more and more um, so when I left school I was wondering what I was going to do um, so I I suppose in, in my summer holidays in school then my dad used to be a greenkeeper in a golf course literally I'd say like I used to walk there some days through the fields to get to work um, so it was it was brilliant like three or four three or four fields 10-15 minute walk through fields and I was in the golf course and um, <laughs> So I used to work with him a good bit um, in the summers and basically I loved it. I really loved it and I got great experience at it, but I knew to do really well at it, I'd have to, I'd have to kind of have a qualification behind me. So I went and um, 
I studied a, I got studied an honors degree in horticulture and sports surf management. So I then done that for four years. So um, I got my honors degree out of it, um, which was which is a big a massive help. So, um, but I suppose before that, it was it was getting the experience in the golf club, and um, that really really made the difference um, to basically getting getting to grips with the machinery and. And seeing if I wanted to do it as a career. Um, and then I also dipped into, I suppose, construction a good bit. So I would have drove a lot of machinery from a young age. So diggers and, and dump trucks and bulldozers and stuff like that. Um, where my uncle would have had a company doing groundworks and stuff. So he got me a few jobs. But uh, as I started at that, I started a basic job. I think that was probably four or five years ago just just a basic gate man job and then i got my tickets worked my way up then that summer went back to college came back the next summer uh stayed at that for a bit but i didn't want to do for the rest of my life so went back to finished my degree then in college um and then finished my degree in college and then i kind of went back dipped into that again and doing a lot of civils work and stuff like that um and helping out then in my local football club looking after the pitch there and then yeah that, that's how i got into it so basically just in college and, and stuff like that you know sounds, sounds good so because it is a lot more that goes into it than just being able to use a lawnmower yeah it's, <laughs> it's, i thought it's just Jesus. i've done a bit of no. white line painting for my boys team and uh that's yeah. hard enough trying to keep that straight it's like no it's, especially it's, it's, it's very hard, you know. <laughs> Especially after a weekend on, on the booze watching Wimbledon and then you have to do the lines <laughs> on a Sunday and it's uh, all over the place. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, yes, but that's, yeah. So I, I wanted to combine the two of them. So what I learned in college um, and then the, 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 the I suppose, the, the green keeping, but also the bit of construction um, that I that I had. So that's how I got involved with um, with building the pitch in Plough Lane. Um, was through a friend of mine to a friend of mine who I'd worked with previously. Um, so he had built pitches all over the world. Um, so the last big project he worked on was the last World Cup in Russia. So, yeah, so that's how I got involved in him. I got I started chatting with him one, um, one day, probably, geez, hard to be, probably three years ago. So in between my third and fourth year in college, we had a chat about it, And I told him what I was studying in college. And, and he was explaining to me that he built pitches like, Dominic is his name. Really nice fella. Probably one of my best friends. Um, he's he's very experienced. I used to have a company in Ireland building pitches, um, a long time ago. But he's his knowledge was incredible. Um, so I learned so much over. I'm working with him, like, and uh, and he also told me stay, make sure you stay in college, get your qualification. So yeah. when I did, when I when I did, then uh, come out of college, I went back. Went back to working the same uh, same place he was, and we started chatting, and and uh, yeah, and then I yeah, so that's how it started. Because <laughs> the pitch at Plough Lane, it's not just full grass; it's it's like a, it's called a hybrid pitch. Is that correct? Yeah. So basically, it's a it's a stitched pitch. So um, it's a cis stitched pitch. So basically, there's fibers. It's a sand. It's a pure sand based pitch. Um. So pure sand-based pitch because it was it was a heavy, it was a like a floodplain, I suppose. Yeah. Um the area was. So that's one way with the pitch was constructed. 
and um, designed was because this would be a main factor that we'd have to take into account that flooding, you know, we can't have it basically. Um, so that's the way the pitch is constructed, pure sand-based pitch. Um, and basically the fibres then are stitched with massive needles, 180 mil into the ground. So there's, well, into the sand basically. Um, so they go straight down into the sand. So when the pitch is constructed and the sand is in, sprinklers are in, all the irrigation is set up, then the pitch is stitched. Pitch is stitched, 180 mil in, and basically the grass is then sown amongst the stitching. So that you see that then, see the tree three ways around the pitch and then basically then as the as the grass develops the roots then start to go down so you have to heavily water it at the start to push the roots down make them go start growing towards the moisture drive the roots down get the roots and knitting around the, the stitching so that's that's why that's why a lot of clubs now are turning to stitch pitches because it's basically when you get a when you get a tackle you don't get that big divot or cut up in the ground. Mm. Um, basically, you're, it, basically, all that happens is the top of the grass is shaved off. Okay? And basically, what will happen there is, because of the stitch pitch, the roots are still in, intact. The grass heads are still intact. Just the blades of the grass are shaved off. So over time, um, all depends on heat, weather, stuff like that. That grass will then reproduce and basically just basically grow again. Mm. Um and yeah, that's basically the stitch pitch, how, how that works, basically. Because one of the main complaints from residents or people that didn't want plough lane to be built where it was, was mm. the fact that it would flood all the time. So what you just mm -hmm. said is just said that that hope that won't happen. So that's not going to be not a, I can I can honestly tell you now the way, not just the pitch, but the way it was constructed. I, I've been there throughout the whole project. Um, and it's not that's not gonna happen. Good, good. Like the drainage is, is incredible on it. Um, it's 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 fantastic. It's never it that will never happen. <laughs> One of my worries was when obviously big big football stadiums are built, like say the Emirates, for example, their pitch don't get yeah. enough sunlight and stuff because obviously we got the flats going around, say three quarters of the mm -hmm. stadium, plus you then got the main stand. Yeah, was that was that a bit of an issue with maybe getting sunlight into um, the pitch? It is, it is, there's no point in lying. It is an issue. Um, it's it's an issue probably from probably the middle of November up until I'd say probably the end of February. It, like there's a good area that doesn't get the sunlight. Um, but now, you know, it, it, it was, it performed fantastically throughout the winter, throughout the winter. And um, it, it basically, it was fine. Um, you know, so come if if you know it's it's came out on top, not a bother, um, and it's 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 performed well. So, but yeah, it's not a, it is it is a, a major factor, but it's not a you know it's it's not a, a deal breaker basically. Um, so, but yeah, it is it is it is it does affect it. There's no there's it does affect. It, you know, with, you said about the winter, we've only had I think it's one one game called off, which was the Rochdale game mm. with frozen weather. Yeah. Uh, I, I was looked before. Obviously, Marine had their game against Spurs, but the groundsman decided to stay underneath the yeah. So basically, the covers. did he, you not fancy yeah. doing that then for the game? Well, I know, I know, <laughs> heater, uh, no heater to do it with. Um, so basically, he, he had a big tent. Yeah, yeah. With a heater on it, but no, uh, I wouldn't if I had it. <laughs> but no, no. 
No, it was a pity. It was such a pity, but because the volunteers worked so hard that week, gave me a hand putting the covers out. But it just, there's nothing we could have done about it. Um, tried everything. Those areas, just, it's weather. You can't control the weather. <laughs> That's the thing. You, you, on Twitter and stuff like that, you had all the football fans going out. Like, there's a couple of trolls on there that, Every yeah, game, look, every game that gets called off, you get oh, Tim Pot Club, Tim Pot. It's like, well, what it. do you want us I've to do? It. What do you want us to do about the freezing cold weather when the pitch yeah, is frozen? But yeah, just people like that, they just uh, they need to get a life from themselves. <laughs> 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 I totally, uh, so is it you, you? Is it just you, or is there a team of you that do so, the pitch? Um, so looking, so basically, um, I so after I constructed the pitch, I then done the growing in the pitch, so it was myself. Um, the consultant for the pitch, Richard Hayden. So he would have designed the pitch um, and it lays with the club. And basically, he would have designed the pitch and put the spec in basically the way it was going to be constructed. And he, he would have been heavily involved in basically making sure everything ran smoothly and that the end product was top quality. Um, so it was him, himself, Richard Hayden. Um, he was the consultant. Then Dominic... Dominic Cross is the is the man who I built the pitch with. So myself and Dominic then we constructed on behalf of Buckingham Group. So we and Buckingham Group be the main contractor on the basically building Plough Lane, basically. Um, fantastic company and lovely people to work with. Um, really nice people. Um, so basically we would have done, we would have all worked together. So myself and Dominic would have worked there from last March until May. And then once the seeding was done, I then done the grow in. So I basically stayed, I've been there since May, basically just cutting the grass, keeping the fertilizer down, keeping it disease free, keeping, you know, general wear and tear, just keeping an eye on the pitch, making sure it was it was top quality for when the club received it. Um, and we had that first match on it against Doncaster. Um, so yeah, it was me. Uh, it was myself um, basically doing doing the work on the pitch and <laughs> um, but then i bring in the volunteers on on volunteers are fantastic so the volunteers on match days so you know you have michael you have you have michael you have the two lounge you have dennis and matt lounge you have david um david mcknight um so and keith of course um and yeah and they're fantastic they're really good lads um and then also the volunteers then Volunteers then who gave me a hand, put out the covers, them two, Tim, two days. They were just fantastic. I remember one Friday night, I, I literally, I was just finished cutting the pitch and basically the weather just plummeted in temperatures. Um, we It didn't have to be covered. It was starting to freeze, basically. Um, but I just wasn't taking a risk. We got the covers out. Luckily enough, um, the frost hadn't really hit it before we put them out. Um, and the next day we came in, it was raining, <laughs> so we were fine. <laughs> but uh, but the, yeah, the volunteers and and on match days now have been brilliant though. Um, but I've I've a new assistant that started with me on Monday, so it'll be a great help to somebody else to help me mow the pitch and uh, yeah, just to give me a hand, which will be brilliant, you know. Yep, we've got to the the fro frozen pitch again. Uh, there was a lot of some people said about under under soil heating and stuff like yeah. that. But apparently that costs like small fortunes. I don't know if you know the ins and outs, but we only get frozen pitches what once, twice a season, possibly. Yeah, you yeah, but... might. Yeah, you might get them. You might, you know, you might get them once or twice a season. But for the costs, it just doesn't justify it. 
Yeah. It's all right if you're a massive Premier League club with, <laughs> you know, a blank checkbook. Um, but there's pros and cons to it. There's a lot of pros and cons to it. People don't realise. It's fantastic, as I said, but it's it's expensive. Mm, it's yeah. expensive. Like, it's ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Uh, and do you look after the training ground as well? Or is it just solely Plow Lane that you are looking I, after? So basically, um, I, I solely look after Plow Lane. Um, that's the main focus because I'd be on my own. Um, there's a lot of work that has to go into it before a match. Um, a lot of work. So basically, it's not just the case of cutting the pitch and putting the lines out for the match. Like There's so much that has to go into it. So, you know, you have to keep disease and funguses off it. Um, keep it well fed. Any nutrient deficiencies, you have to keep an eye on them. Um, basically, nurture it, basically, and make sure it's as good as it can possibly be for a match. Um, but there's constantly something to something to keep doing it. Um, but we have a company, um, a, a, basically a contracting company, who do some work in plough lane. So they've a lot of heavy machinery, like they've a lot of really good tractors and fertility drainers and pro cores and stuff like that. Um, so I'll get them in once a month, once every two months into plough lane, and they'll do my fertility draining on the pitch for me. So it's basically. It's basically for someone that would know. It's basically punching holes in the ground to allow more more air into the roots. Also helps with compaction, so stops the ground getting too compact and too heavy. So stops basically just stops the pitch getting too hard, and so it'll allow the water to get down through the ground quicker. Um and basically yeah, and just softens it up nicely. Um so they look after they look after our training ground for us as well, and they do a fantastic job. Um, like you couldn't like a fantastic job I have to say SJK they're called they're brilliant um, they're a fantastic company I have to say and, and, and they care they do a great job like you, you, you can know that they're doing a they're mm. doing a good job and, and it's peace of mind because they're all they're all great they were all they're all groundsmen themselves like with, with various years of experience um, they're, but they're just they're great to work with they're great people I have to say and, and they care you know which is brilliant yeah, that's good. Uh, with regards to uh, back to plough lane again, uh, have we had any issues with any animals like foxes or yeah, stuff yeah, like that, yeah. digging holes and stuff that you've had to deal with? Yeah, the foxes have been a the foxes have been <laughs> a uh, especially at the start. So at the start of construction, they were a, a nuisance and um, basically just ripping the pitch up when they could. Um, but yeah, they, they they were at the start, but we fenced it off to stop them from coming on. And um, they they still come in here and there, but I've I've uh, basically just fenced it off, cover the cover the sprinklers and that that they start scratching at, and they just stop. They generally have given up now, thank God, which is good. good. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, one of the uh, we had to play Peterborough away the other week. I don't know if you saw the pitch where we played. I did, Peterborough. yeah, I did indeed. Yeah, we I couldn't believe how bad the pitch was, but someone said it was due to a first water main. Yeah, so that's look, that's it's for people looking at a pitch, it's very easy to it's very easy to how could you say it's very easy for people who are sitting at home who don't, you know what I mean, who don't understand, you know, like there's so many factors that go into it, it's incredible. Um like I feel I felt I felt sorry for him for the groundsman there because he had an underwater an under a mains water leak a mains water leak is like a mains water feet like could be mains water for a couple of thousand houses like 
and <laughs> people don't realize that do you know what i mean um so basically they had to find where that leak was on the pitch um dig up the pitch and then but like I, I can only take my hat off to the man because he like I can only imagine what he had to go go through. Um, you know, and yeah. look at the end of the day, he, he got it back together. Um and you know, but it is it is tough for him. I'd say yeah. I can only imagine what he went through the poor man. Yeah, the amount you know? of stick he was probably give because we were me and my mates were giving it sticks like a cow Cowfield yeah. and stuff like this, and how how can it be playable in 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 professional football? But these things happen. What's what's meant to happen is what they just postpone games till they get a grass pitch again. It's just one of the things. Yeah, it? but it's it's there's so many factors. Like if, if there's budget, there's you know it's it's so many things. Like um, a lot of companies, especially last last year with no fans being in, you know, with COVID, you know mm. that's that that revenue is is massive to a club. Yeah. Allow them to do renovations or even just to buy a few bags of seed or fertilizer. That's but when you don't have that, it's it's basically trying to work with a blank canvas, um, and you can't. But yeah, it's so. But that's a lot of thing people don't realize is, is the is the work that goes into pitches. Like every groundsman does, and they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't. But they would genuinely do their best to make sure that their pitch is as good as it can possibly be. You know. Yeah, with regards to winter again, obviously, I, I think I know what your answer is going to be because obviously it might put you out of a job. But there's a lot of talk of obviously 4G pitches uh, in hmm. Scotland, they use them. And I, I, I watch a bit of Scottish football and I don't really like them, don't rate them at all. I think yeah. there's a lot of injuries that come from them. But obviously, they can be a community asset with regards to they can be played on the whole time. And they can, yeah, yeah obviously, <clears> Plough Lane, I don't think we do that. Yeah. What, what's your view on the plastic 4G pitches? Well, they're to be honest, I. I used to play football. Um, I used to play three or four times a week before I moved over here to to London. And I can tell you now that they there's teams now that won't they won't even train on them back home. Um, they're they're probably good for how could you say for if like if a club's really stuck and they've no choice but to train on them. But I can't I can't see them sticking around personally. Um, for too long at a at a high level anyway. It's just they it's just caused way too much injuries. Um yeah. And there's no comparison. There's no comparison to playing on a if you have to, there's no like it's totally understandable. Training session has to be done. That's fair. But there's no comparison to playing on a on a 4G pitch to a real thing. It's mm. they're chalk and cheese. Do you know what I mean? They're completely chalk and cheese. Yep. You know? But with regards to the, the pitch again, and uh, how much influence would say a manager have? So, how much influence would Robbo have if he came to you and said, "Look, I want you to bring the bring the lines in a bit because, or, or or make the goal area smaller, or or make the grass longer so it's harder for a passing team to play." Yeah. Back back when Wimbledon Wimbledon FC used to play at Plough Lane, I know for a fact that they they trained on the pitch in the middle of the pitch before Man U because mm. they'd like to go through the middle. So they mm. they trained on it, just the middle of the yeah. pitch to, to rip it up and everything. So yeah. when Man U came to town, they couldn't play passing game. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could. Look, there's there's various, there's various tricks, um, various tricks that you can, you can do um, by leaving, as you say, you can leave grass a little bit longer um, and just roll it. So it looks like it's been cut when it hasn't been. Um, you can make as you can say you can bring the sidelines in and stuff like that you can't touch the boxes obviously because they're standard you're not allowed yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah like even watering if you don't want to water corners so they can put the ball in the corner and it'll slow it down a little bit you can do that 
Um, but yeah, no, just general little things like that you can do. Um, you can do for sure. But you know, they like it quick. They like it fast um, and zippy. And that's the way I. That's the way I've been. I've been doing it for them. Um, so just cut nice and short, nice and nice and damp before the match. Wet it down nicely so the ball just slides across the deck. Um, and it's yeah, you know that they play quick football. And that that's the way the pitch is quick, very quick, you know. Yeah, we well, I'm, I'm watching from TV at the moment. It's just a shame we can't get to games. Every, oh, every podcast we mention it, and it's like gutting. But the pitch looks amazing. I, I saw you put a picture up last night, and obviously ah, the power lane. It looks amazing. So, do you think you'll be getting any uh, groundsman of the year awards, or do, or do you want to be put into that? Would you? Ah, look, if it if it came along, geez, I'd love to. Um, I'd love to get it. Um, but. Yeah, look, if 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 they if if I did get put into it, I I'd only love it. Um, but look, that's it's to me, it's just making sure that it's it's good for the club. Uh, that's that's my main focus now this year is make sure get through the season and and keep it as good as I can for that. That's that's enough for me. <laughs> that's a, it. Look, it looks amazing. Uh, it looks like. A carpet from what I've seen. Ah, that. cheers! So Thank you. It does look look really good. Uh, other other pitches I I would put it next to is say Leicester. Leicester's pitches are yeah. Leicester City and Arsenal. Yeah, well, and yeah. So it's you're doing so you're doing something right down there because it does ah, look cheers. amazing on Thank TV. You. And just saying, <laughs> the boys ain't using it as well at home at the moment. So. <laughs> <laughs> they, ah, they they will they will. <laughs> uh, how hard has it been in March? Because March we've played so many games, and I think we've got with, with the Rochdale game being off, but now we've got the Youth Cup. Being on, yeah, I got about four games in a space of three or four weeks. How how yeah. tough is that to keep getting prepared for the matches um, every Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday? It's it's the preparing of the matches isn't so bad. Um, the preparing of the matches isn't so bad. I have to say, it's the it's the uh, it's the post match. So after every match, as soon as the whistle blows, like last night, as soon as the whistle blows, basically, um, so as soon as the whistle blows. Myself and myself and one of the volunteers get the so basically there's two types of um mowers that we'd use in the pitch and plow lane. So there's a rotary mower and there's a cylinder mower. So the cylinder gives it that polished pre-match cut, you know, the way it's it's like a it's like a checkerboard, like it it gives it that shine. Mm. Um so they're both dentist mowers that we use, which are fantastic. Great company to deal with, great service, great air, like they're just they're fantastic. Uh, Robert is from Dennis. He's brilliant. Um, but as soon as the whistle blows, basically the volunteers know. Um, so goals are down, corner flags out, and the mowers are on straight away. So the rotary mowers, basically they have a brush on the front of them, which flicks the pieces of grass and debris up, basically up to the top of the surface. That's then sucked in. Um, basically, it's like a giant hoover. Basically, it, it, it can cut the grass if you wanted to, but basically, uh, grass doesn't need to be cut after a match. You want to get all that debris and that organic matter up straight away off the pitch. So as soon as that whistle blows, straight on with the two mowers, get cutting. Um, so once we have two bands done, so basically two stripes, um, then the, the rest of the volunteers, they come in and start divoting behind us. So basically, they'll start divoting um, any big divots. They'll they'll push it together as best they can. That's that's probably the most important thing. And if it, if it's wet, it's it's a nightmare to do because it won't suck up. The mm. mower won't suck the grass up. It'll clump together. That's the 
that's the toughest part is is the clean up after a match. If it's if it's wet, it's a nightmare. But if it's dry, it can go incredibly well. Um, which last night went unbelievably well and went really well. The lads done like, the volunteers are just they're fantastic, I have to say. Without them, it wouldn't it wouldn't hmm. they're brilliant. They just make my life so much easier. Um, and they helped me so much. Like I'd be there till I'd probably be there till two or three in the morning. <laughs> for them, uh, they are really are a, a great help. Um, they really are a great help. But yeah, look, it's it's getting. I I really I love getting it ready for the match. I I, I get so much. Um, how would you say? Like I get so much satisfaction when yeah. they're warming up, practice goals out, all painted up, sprinklers on, and it's just it's class like to see them. You know. Talking about your mowing the other day, there was a there was again on Twitter there was a video of you mowing, and then yeah. so, someone put the Benny Hill music over the top of it. I, I didn't it? see that, and, and they sped it up a little bit with the Benny Hill music. Yeah, so you're no, going around your mower. It's, it's yeah. quite funny that. So, uh, <laughs> do you when you're watching a match, do you get like pressures over the grass and stuff, or a corner or something? Oh, so cool. You see a tackle flying in, and you're like, and it, it messes up, and it goes up, and you're like, oh my god, I just yeah. it's it's it it's not so much the match. It's not the match. It's the warm ups and the cool downs. Um, it's but to be fair, they're so respectful. And any team, there has been a few, look. There's been a few here and there where you just have to say, look, lads, the main goals are for crossing only, not for practicing. Um, that's what the practice goals are for, you know. But they're very respectful. Every club, every club that's came, has listened and has been so respectful to everyone and have loved playing. And, and coming to Plough Lane. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's not so much the tackles, it's the warm-ups and the cool-downs <laughs> that, uh, that I get a bit, little bit uh, frustrated about. But I don't mind it. Look, it's 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 what it's for. It's there to be used, you know. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Right. On, on a, we've got to the pitch. Some people say it's like an art form. You, you can put circles on, mm. you can go... When yeah. when we get back to Polo and the fans get back to Polo and maybe the Sky cameras come down, have you got anything yeah. planned? Have you got like the wider interest of football? Are you going to put that across the pitch so the, the FA know that we're back on Polo Lane? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, stuff I like that or FA, FA, FU and stuff like that? No, you're, no you're, not, you're not allowed. Um, It has to be. So the way that I'm cutting it is to the FA standard or the UEFA standard, sorry. So it has to be in them dimensions for offside so they can say, right, you know, it, it helps the linesman basically, um, and and it looks nice as well. <laughs> yeah, I'd, you know? I'd love to put fu fa in the grass or something. <laughs> the first no, guy cameras, or not in the wider interest of football, written <laughs> right across the pitch. I, where... I, if I done that, I'd probably have my P forty five my desk. <laughs> the next day. I, I don't think you would. I think women and fans would back you enough to <laughs> be fine. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll pay any fines. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a bit more about yourself. So, like, are you a football man? Are you a rugby man? Are you into your... Um, no, I, I, I used to... I played football for years. Um, I played football up until I moved over to... Um, moved over to London, basically. But uh, I wasn't... I, like, I'd struggle to sit there and watch a full 90 minutes of football. Like, But I'd play it, no problem. Like, um, I used to play a lot of Gaelic football. Uh, yeah, I loved that. And I still do love it. Um but uh, yeah, so I, I used to play basically my whole life until I moved um, until I moved over here, and obviously COVID hit then. And but uh, but yeah, no, I I I'm a big football fan now, a big Wimbledon fan now, you know. <laughs> is, is, is Gaelic football the one with the 
the stick or the one with the like they play basketball? It's the ball with the foot with the with the so football. You, you bounce it and then yeah. So right. you have to run four steps and bounce it and then another four and solo yeah, it. Yeah, obviously yeah. we don't we don't have it much over here, so we're yeah. Well, I, I know the one, one with, the one with the stick the, seems a bit harsh. Hurling, yeah, that's I used to play that as well. That's um, it's it's a bit mad, alright. To be fair, um, it is it's a like, bit. Yeah. It's like rugby, hockey. Uh, no. I feel sorry for the I feel sorry for the goalkeepers who've got a. It's the quickest. Uh, it's the quickest sport. It's the quickest field sport. Like that. That's like that's out there. You know. So it's insanely quick and it's so skillful. You know. That's the one with the, the goal, and uh, but the rugby yeah. post as well. Yeah, and you've got a goalkeeper who's got to save this like cricket ball. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's but it's, it's it's crazy. Like in Ireland, it's totally it's all amateurs that are playing it. But um, but they like they they're uh, like at, at at the top level, they could be training five six days a week, um, all for just basically for love of the jersey that they're putting on, and um, they don't get a cent. It's just like it's it's incredible, like do you know what I mean. But they the training that they do is just it's it's insane. Like mm. it's it's yeah. like I've never seen that like. Yeah, you I, know? I, I wouldn't like to do it. To be fair, <laughs> it's like a cricket ball being smashed at you from like two yards away. Yeah. yeah <laughs> go going back to going back to plow lane and pitch again. Have you had any any major challenges? Any anything when, when um, during the building of it or, and stuff like that where you thought, oh no, this is gonna. I suppose when I was building the first, um, I suppose that uh, the main thing was keeping people off it. So keep like when we were putting down the fresh. So we're putting down the fresh drainage pebble and the sand, it, it, it has to be completely contamination free. So basically, Richard, the, the consultant on the job, he basically, he looked after the, um, the quality of the stuff and all. It was, it was absolutely flawless. Like there, there wasn't a single stone or anything in it. Um, it was brilliant. Um, but keeping people from walking on it was the main thing. That was that was the, the biggest challenge I'd say. And yeah, that, that was it basically keeping people off it, especially when it was seeded. Um it's just all it takes is someone to walk through a, a puddle of diesel on a construction site or freshly laid tarmac or something. Yeah. And to go over young young grass that hasn't fully matured, it just it kills it in an instant. Um that was the main challenge, keep people off it, you know. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that was my main challenge. Because <laughs> talking about challenges and talking about one of the major talking points at the moment with Wimbledon fans is the possible ground share with mm. London Broncos. Yeah. Uh, London Broncos, obviously, a rugby league team, uh, which yeah. is a lot different to, say, a rugby union team mm. playing on a pitch. Do you see any challenges with getting a pitch ready for football and rugby? Or do you, because obviously, I, we spoke to Mark Robinson in the week, which comes out on this will come out before this mm. and he said he just wants to play passing football and stuff but obviously if the pitch is getting divots and stuff like that and yeah and getting messed up through the rugby that could cause and it's one of the major concerns of women fans at the moment is that pitch will not be great for football if the, the broncos are sharing do you see um, major concerns or anything like that or do you think you could do both I, I i to be honest with you um i went down to so i went down to the to the Brentford Stadium on Sunday, and I gave the lads a hand, um, basically on match days for the London Irish against the I think it was the the Worcester Warriors. Um, so basically, them lads are that's rugby, that's rugby league, um, 
Rugby, no, rugby, rugby union. union. That's rugby union. union. Yeah. Sorry, rugby union. And you know, it is challenging. Like, and them lads down there doing a fantastic job. Um, but I don't think it's and their pitch is, is was fantastic, and their pitch is is a, is a stitch pitch to sounds ourselves. They're playing an insane amount of matches all season, mm-hmm. um, and they've done a fantastic job on it. But basically, um, I went down just to see, just to see what basically what challenges they were facing and have a chat with them. And to be honest, I can't see, I, it's not going to affect it. It's, it's, it's not going to affect it. It's a quick, there's no scrums. It's a quick playing game. You know what I mean? They're going to have boots on that are suitable for the sand-based pitch. They're not going to have massive rugby cleats on. It's, uh, to be honest, no, I, I, it's not going to have any effect on it, to be honest yeah. with you. Because you know? again, with rugby league, there's no there's no scrums, there's no mauls. It's mm. they tackle up, get up. It's yeah. a speed game. Because uh, we're the Broncos fan on the podcast talking about what he thought would happen. It's also they play February to September. Yeah, so they're going to be playing in summer. And as you said, if the pitch is hot, it or if there's no rain, it'd be easier to cut and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah. It'll be and plus it's grown. It's the growth. Like once the end of February comes, the grass is constantly grown. All the way up, up, up until um, probably up until November. To be honest with you, the end of November. Um, so it's and that's when it finishes. You know, so it's constantly grown as the rugby matches are going on. It's not going to have a, it's not going to have a, a, a knock-on effect on the pitch. No, it's not. No way. You know. I so said that's really good to hear because I said it's it's one thing in Wimbledon's obviously with the branding of the stadium and stuff, mm. which you can't control as groundsman, but it's the pitch and how that will uh, keep going with football yeah. during the season and then rugby league in the summer. But mm. I think, again, rugby league, they only they will only play 12 home games on it as well. So there's not as yeah. many games no. as a football team will be playing on the on the pitch. No, and there's, so, there's little tricks, like just small little things to to avoid where like keeping, keeping the grass slightly higher and um, not cutting it as often before rugby as i said it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be as quick quick paced or quick rolling the grass like it does for football so keeping that keeping it that extra few mil longer will 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 basically will help a big time as well you know that sounds brilliant sounds great uh, mm. i said it, that will help a lot of women fans i think with regards to decision making regarding if we have that mm. ground share and as i said it's just good to get that point across as well uh, from yourself, so thanks for that. So, is there any other anything else you want to go over with regards to play on the pitch, or any ambition you have with it, or anything you? you want no, to... it's just no, not really. Just uh, yeah. Hopefully, we'll we'll get we'll get pitch of the year in League One this year. Be <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I can't see. I'm not looking at some of the pitches in League One, and and we yeah. haven't got again the budgets and stuff like that. We talk about budget and playing budget. Mm. I'm guessing that you haven't got the budget of a Sunderland groundsman where he's probably got. Like the heat is heaters that come on the pitch and stuff like that. No, so. I no, we we, we not yet anything. <laughs> no, no, we we're basically just doing all. I've done it all basically just on on good practice basically. Just just no, we don't have grow lights or or stuff like that. But it's just basically good practice. Um, you know, just trying to bring it on. It's it's as I said, it's so important getting it all cleaned up after a match, getting the grass standing up nicely. Um. Just getting getting the products on the pitch when they need it straight away, um, getting the stress relievers on it, allow the grass to come back if, if it does get a little bit of disease or stuff. Is just keeping on top of things, and and it's basically that's it. Yeah, just keeping on that's top it. of it. 
it looks amazing. If it's just good practice and there's not much equipment being used, then you're doing a grand job, to be fair. So ah, cheers. <laughs> we're pretty happy as Wimbledon fans. Just hopefully the, the players can start scoring more goals at Plough Lane, really. That's yeah, all we need. Uh, it'll be great play. to get the fans back in to see it, though. That's, I, I'm, I'm so looking. Like, I've never been to a Wimbledon match with fans. See, um, that's probably so when you're going to get annoyed, though, when when, when women have, well, no. fans come back on and all the rubbish goes starts going blowing no, across the pitch and stuff, and there's plastic not, bags and stuff on the pitch. You're like, oh, get off my pitch! That, that's that's what the barriers are for. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it loads of times. You see a little plastic um, bag or something that someone's left. No, but <laughs> I've seen like I've seen the the match in Kings Meadow, like when when Wimbledon beat Aston Villa, and just the atmosphere. I just I I can't wait for it. I genuinely cannot wait to get the fans yeah. in. It's gonna be class, like it's gonna be so good. Yeah, that's that's all of us. I think all of us can't wait for that day. So yeah. it'll be good. It'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, Andy, that's it for uh, tonight. So thanks very much. Yeah, no thanks worries. Thanks for joining and, and taking the time to talk to us. No hassle, man, and, and thanks for having me. <laughs> ah, <it's laughs> no bother at all. Anytime. Okay. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you very much. No Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.